0: You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome to Locked On Bucks Post Cavs Beatdown Edition. I'm Eric Dame <laughs> and joining me and laughing at my silly title is Frank Madden. Frank, how are you?
0: Uh, the Bucks just beat the Cavs by 17. Giannis scored 34. Um Friggin' fantastic, Eric. I need it. We needed to get over the hump. We needed to see this team beat one of these good teams for a change. And uh, I thought it was funny that, that in the post game, Jason Kidd was asked if if he thought maybe this was coming, you know, based on <laughs> some of the close games they'd played the Raptors and the Warriors. And I think Jason was like, uh, "No, honestly."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Correct. That, that is a perfect. That was
0: the exact quote.
1: Uh, no. Just being honest, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I saw it coming. Um, so it, it was a, a blowout of somewhat epic proportions. I think anytime you blow out the, I mean the LeBron led Cavs, I think it is. And I, I mean in the third quarter, Tyron Lue goes with a uh, just a line change, straight up hockey That's substitutions and. Yeah. I don't even know if it was desperation. It was to tell the starters, you are not playing well. You don't deserve to be out there. I'm going to bring in – I don't even – who was it that he brought in during that stretch? It was all –
0: it was five bench guys. Jordan McRae, DeAndre Liggins. I might, like, be Miss – you know – Birdman, Dunleavy, and James Jones.
1: Uh, But, yeah, so Liggins, McRae – Birdman, Dunleavy, and James Jones. That was an NBA lineup that was on the floor uh, tonight in Milwaukee. So Tyronn Lue tries to send a message. Um, I know in the post game, someone asked if that, if that message, was received uh, by the starters, and I believe Lue dropped an F bomb in there and said, "No, I mean you, you watched." Uh, so no the message was not received Uh, I believe the starters for the Cavs come out with 6 minutes left in the 4th quarter as well so uh, he gave them a chance to get back in it and Really, again, Malcolm Brogdon sinks two threes, and he did that the other night as well um, in the fourth quarter again after struggling early uh, in that game as well. Uh, Bucks might need to tell him that it's the fourth quarter all the time uh, to see if he can hit some shots. But back-to-back threes from Malcolm Brogdon, uh, 10-11 and nine twenty nine left in the fourth quarter, kind of buried the Cavs. That gave the Bucks a 19-point lead, 98-79, I believe that's their big no no, it got bigger after that. <laughs> um, but that that really I thought that those were the two shots that sunk the Cavs and yeah, the Bucks dominated. Giannis 34 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals, two blocks. Unfortunately, six turnovers, so certainly not a perfect game uh, from Giannis, but it's a damn good one. I can I can say that with confidence. Uh general thoughts, Frank.
0: Well, I mean, obviously it was, I mean, it's fantastic, right, to see Giannis playing so well on a big stage yet again, right? I mean, we talked about it uh, in the preview uh, that uh, we released uh, on Tuesday in the podcast that uh, Giannis has always played up for matchups and against great teams, and uh, he was better than Paul George when they played the Pacers. He, I'd say, matched – KD, more or less, when they nearly beat the Warriors, and now he was obviously clearly better than LeBron um, tonight, you know, LeBron with 22, but um, I think just four and four and seven turnovers, Uh, and clearly LeBron wasn't, you know, 100% in this game and kind of came and went as as the game went on, and um, I thought, you know, it was interesting because Giannis... it wasn't. It wasn't like it was like some surgical performance by Giannis in terms of the way he was scoring or you know running the offense or anything not, like no. that. I mean, obviously the Cavs are are not a team that are have been a great defense. They came into this game about league average and and well below average, I would say overall. And Giannis with his activity level and what he can do in the open court and on broken plays. Um, you know when he's engaged and he's cutting and he's attacking and his teammates are looking for him if you're not engaged defensively if you're not you know a a, a defense that that is you know really kind of um, on its game then Giannis is going to kill you i mean that that's just sort of like where <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what in the point we've reached with Giannis and he did hit a 3 which was an interesting kind of 62, maybe at the time, or maybe um, it it was. It was still very close to the third quarter, and LeBron hit a three, and then Giannis got a kick out on the wing, and he was a couple feet behind the line, and just no hesitation, launched another one and hit it. And it was kind of one of those like, "Mm, I don't know if you should be trying to one up (laughs) in a game shooting, but that was you know the only he only took I think three jump shots really all night. That was the only one he made, and everything else was literally a shot chart was everything at the rim. And he didn't need to do anything else because he was just, you know, finding so much opportunity around there. And, uh, obviously, you know, just doing everything, <laughs> just being everywhere at once, it seemed, uh, on both ends with, with all those steals and a couple blocks. And, um, you know, just kind of another one of those force of nature games from Giannis. And I was, I will say I was pissed off, uh, because I was watching NBA TV and they had Ernie Johnson, Wisconsin native Ernie Johnson. Uh, I think it was Greg Anthony, Chris Weber and and Kevin McHale, and they showed the highlights. And then after the game, all they 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 literally all they did was show LeBron's comments in the locker, room, you know, throw it in the garbage can, forget about the actual game. And they talked about Jr. Smith hugging Jason Terry while the game was going on <laughs> and falling asleep and letting Tony Snell get a dunk. And, and didn't talk at all about the Bucks or, you know, that they might have done some things right or that Giannis had, you know, I think he was the second player in the last 30 years to put up 30, 10, 5, and 5 uh, up before the age of 22, being LeBron. But who cares about that? Can't give Giannis <laughs> and the Bucks any love, even on the night when they blow out the world champs, but... Anyway, let's not let that uh, derail us from from enjoying it because I think overall it was, um, you know, again it wasn't wasn't a perfect game for Giannis or the Bucks. I would say, but um, you know, th- they're good enough that when they play with, I think, you know, again, I, I think energy. I I hate like falling back on energy. I said in the in the the recap, it's kind of a, an abused word. I think in mm-hmm. terms of trying to describe why things go one way or another in a basketball game but um as much as the bugs didn't come out playing well uh it just kind of felt contagious guys were aggressive and attacking on, on both ends really and sharing the ball and uh you know the ball just started to go in and it just seemed like it it kind of snowballed and and the Cavs got kind of dispirited and you know stopped moving the ball which for a team like cleveland with all the shooters they have i mean that's that's Exactly what you don't want to do is, is, you know, kind of let the ball sit a little bit and, and, um, and not be, you know, trying to attack and, and force the bucks to, to double and, and create openings for, for three. And, you know, I mean, again, the Cavs shot 14 to 39 from three. They weren't bad. Um. They, they hit their average in terms of three-pointers on the season, uh, but they took four more shots than they usually need to get there. So, you know, the, you kind of and, – and I think the main thing was that you, they never got into a rhythm where they were able to run off a bunch of points in a row. Like they, they, the Bucks avoided after the first quarter. They never kind of let the Cavs run off, you know, a, a single, you know like one of those like 10-0 runs or 15-2 runs, things like that. So it just felt like the Cavs never really kind of – like they were always a little bit stuck in the mud, and, and obviously the Bucks weren't.
1: It's interesting that you brought up that that sequence where Giannis hits the or LeBron hits the three, and then Giannis hits the three, um, and I think it was to put the Bucks up three um, there in the third quarter. And you mentioned, oh, I don't know if you really want to get into a one-on-one battle with LeBron, uh, but part of me does wonder. the The Cavs were moving the ball well. Um, they did seem to be. Making things difficult for the Bucks on defense in the first half. Um, maybe towards the end of the second quarter, that that slowed a little bit for the Cavs. But when LeBron kind of tried to take over that game in the third quarter, uh, that was when the ball stopped moving for the Cavs. And it just seems like I don't I don't want to encourage anyone to try to have LeBron take over a game because. A lot of times he'll do it and he'll just beat you into the ground, but if he's doing it by shooting, scoring, and not playmaking, then maybe then maybe it's not the worst thing. And I do wonder if the Cavs kind of fell into that a little bit where instead of LeBron going to the wing and posting up and then kicking out and uh, surgically just taking apart the Bucks' defense, it was more all right, I'm going to try to outscore you. And uh, that made things a little bit uh, worse for the Cavs and obviously better for the Bucks. So that I thought that was kind of an interesting point that you brought up, and uh, I, I just wanted to piggyback on that. But, yeah, uh, I'm trying to th- – th- that sequence at the end of the first half from Giannis where he strips – I believe it's Tristan Thompson as he, as he was going up for a dunk, layup, whatever – Dele picks it up, tosses it to Giannis, Giannis snakes around the sideline uh, where Kyrie thought he had him cut off, gets past him, and then just goes to the rack and destroys the rim. I can't think of a more impressive sequence of basketball this season that I've seen um, from Giannis, and uh, I mean, there's other team sequences that might have been more impressive throughout the league, but... As an individual player, for Giannis to come from the backside, to strip that, that ball from Thompson, to get it back, to push it up the floor, to dunk it, uh, it's, it's awe-inspiring. I, I, don't, I don't know of people that can do that. He, he's from a different world. He's from a different planet. Um, so, man, so, sometimes you just watch him play, and you just can't really handle how good he is already at this young age and man if he keeps getting better it's it's a scary world and uh, you see tonight five steals obviously uh that's a high for him on the season but there's been other nights four steals four steals three steals
0: um yeah he, he had the one five steal game in the in oh the yeah five, against Orlando yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah. so. Two
1: five steals a game, but I think the fact that he's starting to put up the the gaudier numbers defensively speaks. I, I, I guess it pleases me that you're seeing physical numbers that show him having a greater defensive impact because he's having a greater defensive impact, and he, he it just feels like he's everywhere. His hands are on everything. He, it doesn't matter if it's just a tip and. Kind of like you said that that can be contagious, and when he's bringing it like that, the rest of the team wants to bring it. And man, I just think to the end of that first half where it's it's Beasley out there making plays defensively, Monroe working his ass off defensively. I, I mean, there was times where Kid mentioned it post game, but where Beasley and Monroe weren't just making the first play correctly. It was the second rotation and the third rotation, and that's and then they're getting steals and from those two guys. That's not something you think of. You, you don't think of Monroe and Beasley putting in the mental focus and the and the effort to get those things. And again, like you said, effort might be overused. I think it's more mental that they're willing to put in that those multiple rotations and be selfless enough to do those things and. Man, they they were just great tonight, and it's it's a strange a strange world to be in. From seeing I, I with Beasley so often, I think he's great when things are going bad. Like if things are not going well, you put Michael Beasley in, he might be able to score some points. He might be able to jumpstart you, and we've seen that throughout this season. But in the last couple of weeks, it's been oh the Bucks are playing well, and Michael Beasley is in. And that's that's been a strange kind of cognitive dissonance thing I've been having to go through to see good basketball being played while Beasley's on the floor, and that felt like the case tonight. And obviously, you look at a plus twenty three, uh, that would suggest that it was, but it, it does it does really look like the Bucks are playing good ball with Beasley on the floor.
0: Yeah, and I think the ball is sticking less with Beasley than. It it has, yep. And I think that's that's always been my biggest concern about him offensively is just, you know, when he's catching the ball and then sort of pondering, you know, life's great mysteries, um, for a few seconds before he does something, and then um, after pondering life's great mysteries, he answers that with, you know, uh, a one dribble and then, you know, eighteen foot jumper. That that's what has always kind of killed me about Beasley was, um, a, that he was. He's obviously, you know, no one's ever questioned his talent, but just the fact that he would use it to create super inefficient shots with him, but um, when he is not doing that and when he is, you know, playing within the team concept and, you know, taking advantage of mismatches and um, being aggressive and then, you know, also being willing to take a three, right, rather than just sort of... Um, settle for, for mid-range jump shots. That's obviously when he, when he's playing well, and we're, we're seeing a lot more of that. So, um, so yeah, and I think defensively, he's held up really well. And, um, you know, the irony is he came into the league, you know, 2008. Uh, in, oh, he's it, uh, he's, uh, right? And it's interesting because I think now the way that the game has evolved, it is a friendlier game for guys who um, maybe can't defend one position really, really well, but can passably defend multiple positions and can switch and have you know a decent length and also foot speed um and that's obviously some one thing he has uh, and so even if he you know is kind of caught between baby maybe being a small forward and a power forward especially off the bench i don't think that stuff matters as much uh and you know you can again especially in the bucks team defensive concept you know there's lots of help right so uh, it's not so much that you have to lock anybody down, but if you can, um, you know, just read things reasonably well and and make it a little bit difficult uh, on on the guy when he puts the ball on the floor and and closes out and rotate correctly, you know, you can at least not hurt hurt the defense. Um, and we've seen, I think, more of that from Jabari Parker. Obviously, you know, we're still answering, wondering around with with Kaledovich, You know, having all these guys other than Giannis at the forward spots who are not known as Good defensive players um the bucks up until now i mean continue to kind of um hang in there right and they remain league average on defense and i think given where the team was last year um given you're still playing monroe decent minutes maybe not a ton of minutes um i think that's probably a, a solid place to be right now and um you know, you obviously hope that maybe maybe that they can build on that. And to circle back to what you said about Giannis, you know, it's interesting because we've talked, we always talk about how the Bucks' defense is, is uh, a defense that maybe gambles um, on, you know, help and, and the strong side and will sacrifice open threes on ball movement in order to try to create turnovers. And I think that's maybe reflective with Giannis now getting all these steals. Um, you know, he's gambling, but it's sort of in the system, I would say. Yeah. I wouldn't say what he's doing is, is freelancing, um, and he's got so much length, obviously, that when he's in the area, he can create deflections. And when he's on the weak side, uh, you're going to have a hard, t- you know, you're just going to have a harder time making that longer pass um, over the defense with him around. So he is, you know, kind of that perfect, you know. Type of player for for the kind of system the Bucks you know are, are using, and you know we'll see. I mean, the Bucks haven't been phenomenal at forcing turnovers. When they've forced eighteen plus, they are four and zero this season, um, which isn't surprising. You know, given that that the defense is sort of premised on that, um, but you know, hopefully as they kind of go on here, they're, they'll continue to you know force turnovers. That leads to on the other end with with them being able to lead. I think still leading the league in points off turnovers, or you know, their first and set or second in that category. They're Top ten in fast break points, and um, they remain one of the best teams in the league at points in the paint. And I mean tonight, sixty-eight to thirty-four <laughs> in the paint. Um, you know, just they had no problems getting getting the paint on the Cavs. And um, kind of funny, given that you know the Cavaliers and Warriors were both sort of ripe right for a team like the Bucks to exploit them a bit. Um, because and I don't know, it's sort of one of these. It's kind of, one of these broader themes I always find interesting. You know, with the way that defense is now. Are you know being are drilling themselves more and more to not help and not give up threes. You know when you play a team like the Bucks, hey, if you want to not help as much and uh, if you want to try to prevent, you know, weak side three pointers, by all means do that against Giannis. You know, <laughs> let, let let Giannis go one on one. Don't bring a don't bring extra help. Don't wall off the paint like you know you. You might otherwise um, be be our guest, um, and and he's just such a strange player. And and also, I mean, just having a guy who's the focal point of an offense, who's often handing the ball on the perimeter, but to you know play him to shoot jumpers, it's he, he's just such a weird guy to play against, and the Bucks are just a weird team to play against um it's just kind of interesting it's 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 i don't want to say again i saying that oh the bucks are zigging when the league's zagging i don't want to encourage in any way (laughs) the idea of the bucks not shooting three pointers because they don't want to be like oh hey just get paint points because we know that doesn't work right we've said it a million times bucks were first in paint points last year and they were a terrible offense they have to shoot threes um they didn't shoot a ton of them the night i think seven to 19 um but they i mean the Cavs just hammered points inside and and ultimately piled up points even without getting a ton of threes. So, don't 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 get too cute, Bucks. Don't think you're just going to be able to get paint points. You know, point points every game. But overall, I think at least headed in the right direction. Uh, and goddamn it, if you can get Tladevich some more minutes, we can get those three point numbers up even further. I
1: think it's been. You mentioned something about Giannis about him gambling in the defense and kind of how that's all gone. And man, there's just times now where he reads a play so perfectly and there was, there's one, I think uh, I'm trying to think who tweeted out, maybe B ball breakdown um, where they tried to throw a pass from one side of the court to the other. And Giannis just read it perfectly and played it perfectly and reached with the correct hand and was able to tip it away and then go track it down. And you just see everything getting put together in his mind and and he's figuring all those things out. And it's, some nights, like I said, it, it's just crazy. It, it is difficult to comprehend just how good uh, that kid is at basketball. Um, so so that's been super interesting. Um, obviously, you mentioned Tletovic not playing. I think that's interesting. Um, it's tough to really figure out a pattern um, with Toledovich, why he may be playing, why he, why he may not be playing. Um, but, yeah, if he, if he, if he plays... You're probably getting four to five more threes, and maybe you're shooting 23 threes um, tonight. So um, that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, let's talk about Jabari Parker a little bit. He struggled some in the last two games. Tonight has 18 points, four rebounds, and assist, uh, two steals. And again, it was a night where Jabari wasn't necessarily a focal point, wasn't necessarily doing a ton, didn't really get in a great rhythm, and I have to say one of the things we've always kind of asked with Jabari is can he affect the game if he's not scoring? And and that's always been the concern. Is he able to do other things that can somehow affect the game? And you saw, man, that sequence at the end of the third quarter. I don't know if I've ever seen something from Jabari Parker that made me think, "Damn, he is—he is going to be good when he gets this all figured out." More than that play, because he's getting draped by three Cavs defenders: one pulling on his jersey, holding him down; another holding his arm. And he goes up there with—I think—I think it was his right hand—tips the rebound to himself a couple times, finally grabs it, and then just throws it down with two hands on all of those Cavs uh, and goes to the line and. It was it was just everything that you can just imagine with his skill set. It, it was the strength to get through those guys. It was the jumping ability, the athleticism to tip it to himself, and then just the will to get that ball into the basket. And it it, I, it seemed like at the end of that one, he had a little extra yank on the rim uh, as he was getting off and dismounting there and. Man, it, would, it was just a, an impressive play, and I, I think in these last three games, I've seen things from him that have excited me and I haven't seen before. Now, I wish I would get to see those things while also seeing the Jabari Parker that scores a lot and does a lot of cool things, um, but again, you see some scoring, you see an, a willingness to make plays, um, you see a willingness to pass, uh, maybe some upper-level passing, and there was things to be excited about, again, that weren't scoring. Now I would just love to see a game where he puts it all together, where he scores a bunch and does those other things, right?
0: Yeah, he had a couple shaky moments defensively. I'm, I'm just thinking of that play where um, he was like in JR's vicinity, JR got the ball, and JR like, just looked uh, towards Kevin yeah. Love or something, and, and Jabari just left JR while JR had the ball. It's like JR Smith guy who sh- and makes zero risk dude because maybe he's gonna pass to kevin love i mean come on dude uh that that was like oh damn it jabari um but you know he didn't get really exposed by lebron when he was defending him one-on-one um and i thought it was cool that you know they gave uh they gave jabari that kind of responsibility from the, you know at the start of the game sort of symbolically. Uh, and And, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a weird game. It was just like he just didn't have much rhythm offensively early on, but then um, hit a mid-ranger, hit that corner three, uh, didn't score again in the first half, but then I think he had 13 in the third quarter, including that that play you mentioned, which, um, you know, I called out on Twitter and and in the recap and posted the video um, because it was just a size rebound, whatever you want to call it. uh, You know, James Jones just grabbing his jersey or, um, and, uh, and just, it, it was kind of funny. It was like when he dunked, I mean, it was a tremendous play. I and mean, then he showed basically no emotion afterwards. It was like, <laughs> he's, he was still kind of frustrated that he hadn't, you know, really like his game has been just a little bit, especially offensively, just hasn't totally been there the last couple of games. Um, so, uh, uh, he did make some plays there in, in that third quarter, obviously to kind of help them blow it wide open. And I think the impressive thing was, you know, Jason Kidd pulled Giannis pretty early in the third. I think I want to say around the five-minute mark. Yep, and five o seven. Yeah, I want to say the Bucks were up maybe like seven or points. or so.
1: They were up twelve,
0: and they went to
1: eighteen. But they had that much.
0: They okay. I, I didn't realize they were up that much when Giannis from the bench. But um, but yeah, so they they expanded the lead with with Giannis on the bench and um, Beasley and and Jabari. I think were both kind of critical to that. But um, but that was encouraging because when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, well he's really trying to get Giannis. Yeah, I mean Giannis was going nuts early, so you know, I think Giannis is tired uh and gassed. He obviously is far less useful uh and it might have made sense to try to get him some blow before the fourth quarter. Obviously, then the Bucks kind of blow the game open with the reserves which normally you don't see. And uh and then you know, I was glad that they did bring him back in the fourth and and let him kind of pile up some more stats and um you know, I mean, you never know with with the Cavs. Um but uh but yeah, it was a strangely You know, kind of undramatic game, which is weird. You know, after the big start from the Cavs, um, Bucks kind of took control and, um, you know, played from the front and and I think showing some maturity, playing from the front, making some big shots. You mentioned Brogdon hitting some big threes in the third. He's up to 37% from three, by the way. That's a good thing. um, Which is is pretty awesome. If if he's going to be an upper 30s three-point shooter, um, he's a really nice piece. If he just wants to keep
1: going two for two in the fourth quarter for – the rest of eternity, I'd be cool with that.
0: We'll, we'll live with that, yeah. Him and Deli, I mean, if they can hit, you know, above the break open threes, they're going to get tons of those off Giannis' drives. And, um, you know, we, we've seen the Bucks kind of most reliable sort of half-court way of getting Giannis the ball is either at the elbow or um, with sort of this high pick-and-roll, which we mentioned the other night. Giannis came in, I think, tonight is the league's most efficient uh, pick-and-roll finisher. And, you know, it's not just about him finishing directly off the pick-and-roll, but they can get switches, put him on to smaller guys. Um, they can, you know, again, get him get him rolling to the rim, uh, doing lots of things. And uh, tonight the Cavs are trying to sort of trap the ball handler at the top, and – you know, Delhi and, and Brogdon were able to find Giannis. And then, you know, when Giannis gets the ball sort of at the foul line and then he's got a two on one or, you know, a, a guy rotating slowly, whatever, um, he's dangerous because obviously he can roll to the rim, but he can also pass. And I think he set up Moose once or twice, uh, for easy buckets that way too. So, um, so yeah, good to see the Bucks points and generally looking lively and, and playing, um, you know, 27 assists a team game you could tell it was it was an energized night for for the guys and um you know now the the tough part is and Giannis talked about in the post game the tough part is okay you got up for a Cavs game you'd king james for one night congratulations now you got to go to a home and home with the brooklyn nets who almost beat you without brook lopez yeah. and they beat the clippers tonight in double overtime um you got to take care of business against these guys right i mean You finally beat a good team, but you know if you lose one of these games against the Nets, it's not the end of the world, but um, it will feel like you know two steps forward, one step back.
1: Yeah, I think over. It's tough to state how, and it's tough to say significant or important, but how important those games feel that they need to take care of business against crummy teams, and again tonight. They, they beat a very good team, but it, it was kind of like the Warriors win last year where they don't really close out a game, like a tight game. They just close out in, like say, the start of the fourth quarter and then blow this team out and just make it go away, and they don't play all the way down to the final moments of the game. Um, so it, it's interesting because in the last couple weeks, they've played teams tight and then haven't been able to close late in games against the Warriors, against the Raptors. And it it is interesting to kind of think, can this team close out close games late against good teams? Um, But I guess if you just blow teams out, then you know what? You don't have to worry about it. Um, close it out in the third quarter like they did tonight against the Cavs. So uh, The Bucks win 118-101. Uh, we didn't mention Thon's ankle breaker. I will mention it right now. He got into the game and because he is the most wonderful highlight that just keeps on giving, uh, catches on the left wing, little step back jumper, Birdman falls, he hits it and Yes, that was the most perfect Don highlight. Um, on top of that, though, that is rather insignificant when you look at Giannis, 34 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals, 2 blocks, a plus 20 on the night for him. Great contributions from the bench from Beasley, a plus 23, Monroe, a plus 23, uh, Brogdon with those two big threes, and then Jet, we haven't even talked about, but a plus 15 tonight while not doing a ton but somehow uh, manages to get a plus 15 in 23 minutes so bench came up big bucks came up big and the bucks get a win and that is a a cool thing to say against the cleveland cavaliers that were just 13 and 2 before this one so that'll be it for us on lockdown bucks we do hope that you'll join us again tomorrow Uh, we'll be getting you ready for Man, the, the Brooklyn Nets game, it, even for me, I, I don't know how they continue to get up for bad games because I just got done talking about the Bucks' big win over the Cavs, and now it's like, I got to preview a game against the Nets. Like, ugh, I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, they, they, they will have the Nets. I don't know if you feel that at all, Frank.
0: It's NBA basketball, and the the highs can never be as high against the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> compared to the Cleveland Cavaliers. But, uh, you know, Giannis needs to get uh, revenge for that uh, facial that he got from Bojan Bogdanovic uh, oh, yeah. in the first game this year. So I think Giannis needs to come out and triple-dub these fools. <laughs>
1: Yes, he should indeed triple-dub these fools. Uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> tomorrow on Locked on Bucks. We're here for you every day talking Bucks, so make sure you join us again. We'll talk to you later.
0: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last, minimum three items, exclusions apply. Offer ends 103117.